out of town. Hey guys, welcome to the At The Hive podcast. As usual, I'm Jonathan DeLong and I'm joined by Zach Brown. Zach. Dumb diddly D, Jonathan. Good morning. <laughs> I did want to bring, I did want to talk about that too. Um, I saw like Fear the Sword and uh, Detroit Bad Boys. Is that the name of the Pistons blog? They were yeah. both um, tweeting at At The Hive about uh, Eric Collins hum diddly D and they're like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, that's, that's totally normal. That's just, you know, that's, that's how he works. <laughs> He's. Are you an Eric Collins fan? I en- enjoy the play calling. Sure. Um. I just like that <laughs> people are on the Hornets side on television. You know, it happens. Yeah. No, I think I think Eric and Dell are among the best because not. I mean, they love the Hornets obviously, and they root for the Hornets and their homers, which I think you're kind of supposed to be. As Every a, caller on the local yeah. stations are. But they also. Over here, like the Celtics broadcast or the Rockets broadcast or the Hawks broadcast, like the Rockets, I think it is. I think it's Clyde Drexler just yells at the referees the entire time. <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, this is a little much. But Eric Collins and his humdilly D's and whoop de doos and all that stuff and his puns, I, you can't beat that. No, not at all. It's it's perfect. It's good, clean fun. It is clean. Except for that one time where uh, Jordan Clarkson <laughs> almost almost came in his lap but other than that <laughs> did you see the and this is you know we've gone off on a tangent right away but did you see where um they had the camera on him for the one game and they were showing him like the camera on his face while he was making his calls no oh you gotta find that it's so funny he's like sit, he's like jumping back in his chair and like jumping up and standing up and yelling when you know when people are like somebody makes a dunk or and one or something He's like pumping his fist, like and one, like I just assumed that he was a a human (laughs) cartoon brought to life. He is, but (laughs) anyway, we digress. Um, the Hornets went one and two last week. We had a week of basketball games. We did have a week of basketball games. Three games, uh, against at home against the Heat and Wizards, and at the Milwaukee Bucks. Beat the Wizards. All three of which, all three of which, we could have won. All three of which we had a chance of winning. Which seems to be the story for a lot of the season. Um, the only one that we did win was the Wizards, which when I going into that game, I said this is probably the easiest game left on the schedule, so the Hornets need to win it. Which, to be fair, they did. Yeah. Um, not in the most convincing of fashions. <laughs> no. <laughs> but they won it. And I'm going to need you to help me with that one because I had Aaron's thrown and I missed a decent amount of that game. And I Oh, you didn't? Bacon is back. Dwayne I did Bacon see that. Played. Yeah. Oh, I get so excited when I see yeah. him. I, I realize that he's a negative on the plus minus, but <laughs> he he is fun to watch. He bounces around. He's active in every play. Um, He's a fun player to watch. Yeah. So before we get to that, we'll talk about the Heat game first. We'll kind of go game by game a couple minutes. That Heat game was awful. It just was- from a basketball, objective basketball standpoint, not just as a Hornets fan. It was really bad. The the shining light on the Hornet side was seeing Kam- Kaminsky play really well. Um, I know we've seen him play really well for a few games. He had 20 points in that game. More than the points, though, he looked really energized to play. Um, Zeller, which we'll, I'll get to in a little bit, um, had a double-double in that game. Um, s- there were some bright spots in it. That game was close, but yeah, you're right. The actual basketball, the actual operation of the basketball players weren't great. 
think Zeller's double double is exactly the indicative of how he played because he got bullied quite a bit by Whiteside and, and by especially Kelly Whiteside. Olenek. Yeah, yeah, which not great. Not great to get bullied by Kelly Olynyk. He made Kelly Olynyk look like Kevin McHale. It it was <laughs> seeing that happen. Like you know, I've seen Kelly Olynyk even when he was on the Celtics play really good games. Kelly Olynyk looked like he could have made a All Star game, and it was because Cody Zeller, like for whatever he brings in the positive aspects of his game, and I want to make sure that I say that he has positive aspects on his game. He gets bullied and he gets out rebound and he doesn't jump for the the rebound that you want him to jump for. Um, mm-hmm. People who are shorter than him get these rebounds, and it's really frustrating and it happened the entire week whether it was a heat game or the wizards game with bobby portis um or the bucks game in which like people who were literally two feet smaller than him were getting rebounds over him yeah like um it's not wide side had nine offensive rebounds and they were like yeah teams don't even go for offensive rebounds (laughs) they're running back on defense and he got nine of them that's yeah amazing (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. I but and also Kelly Olynyk. I tweeted this during the game. I'm pretty sure he makes 100 percent of the stupid shots he takes. Like he had two in that game where he had like he was like leaning to the sideline and shot it with like five seconds off of the shot clock for no reason. Swished it. He had another one where he like double clutched on a three point shot. Swished it. And like, this guy just needs to like fade away, throw it backwards over his head or something every time. Then that's all NBA yeah, player. That's- He'll hit all, all his threes. Yeah, he was on the Amish farm or something. He's on Rumsberger <laughs> right now, like just hitting these threes. It was, it was sad to see because you thought, or I thought as well, that they were going to get up for this game. You know, the mm. the Heat are one of the teams that were battling for that eighth spot. For this is the game that you like put everything into, and these are professional basketball players. I'm not saying that they didn't have the effort there. But I was really hoping for something spectacular, especially when you go to the Wizards game and you see what Marvin Williams can do. You see mm-hmm. how he can play. And both the Heat game and the Bucks game, Marvin just faded. And he, you know, that's what he does for a <laughs> That's what, yeah. And that's what, Marvin Williams is a great role player, but that's kind of what role players do. Um, I think in the Hornets right now have too many role players. Which is kind Who of in the starting. downfall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um in the moving and moving on to the Wizards game, that's when you said Dwayne Bacon got some minutes. Billy got yeah. some minutes. Um Yeah, for sure. B- Billy um was less of obviously less of a uh focal point of the game. Mm-hmm. Um but, but Bacon looked really good. Um he was bouncing around. But again with the Wizards game and Marvin Williams was lit on fire and and leading the way for the the team uh you could see Kemba didn't have the greatest game he you could see the frustration in his face but Marvin Williams when he lets himself shoot the ball which he doesn't do a lot he's a really no. good stroker from 3 um i don't know why he doesn't have the confidence in himself to just keep shooting threes man it's 2019 that's what every nba team does shoot threes the bouncy threes but he yeah. just like five attempts a game, six attempts a game, which he could definitely get, bump that up to seven or eight with the looks he gets. For sure. And that's the thing. He gets looks um, when the defense collapses on Kemba. He gets those corner looks and you just got to let those things go. 
Um, and on the the defensive side of the ball, I hate to drive the point home, but Cody Zeller, Bobby Portis ate Cody Zeller for dinner with like a nice Chianti and some fava beans. But like he, we do this thing where we make average players look amazing. Um, we did that with the Trailblazers game two weeks ago uh, when Rodney Hood went off like he was Michael Jordan. Um, and then I just see like these these role players for other teams really go off for their team when they play the Hornets. And that's why we lose these close games. It's it's we've got a game plan for their number one, number two players. And, you know, we can keep them in check. But then we let these role players like, you know, become all stars when they play us. Yeah, that's and I don't know what like it's when I watch those, it's like, man, why don't our role players do this more often? Amen. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Jeremy Lamb does it if you want to call Jeremy Lamb a role player. But really, Jeremy Lamb is a pivotal piece of our um, team. I think the only player is the Wizards game having Marvin Williams do that. They're probably thinking, why is Marvin Williams doing this? And then Frank, the last couple games, has probably had other teams' fans going, why is Frank Kaminsky doing this to us? Other than that, it's mostly when Kimba plays well. So let me ask you this, and this was in the comments of our uh, of our podcast. And first of all, let me say thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This is a brand new thing for both of us. Um, we really appreciate the support and the fact that you guys are interactive and and challenging some of the stuff that we're saying. So I just heard this, or I just read this in the the comments. Frank Kaminsky is going off. He's been going off for a few games. What do you think the justification was for sitting him so long, for not making him a a key part of the team for the whole season so that maybe he could contribute to a better record, a better win-loss record at the end of the season? Um, I think it's just that, like we talked about, I think we talked about this last week, but he plays well for stretches, but he always seems to disappear, and he gets into funks. And I think the coaching staff, you know, is aware of that. Um, also, there's obviously the liability, his liability on the defensive end. Um, and I think with the, his defensive liabilities, I think it's kind of a similar situation we see with Malik and Billy, where there's a perceived lack of effort on that end. And one thing I've kind of noticed with, with uh, Borrego is it seems like being a bad defender isn't necessarily a death knell, but if he gets the impression that you're not giving full effort on that end trying hard yeah yeah then that's going to be the you know that's going to be enough to get you sat and i think has shows lackadaisical effort to be kind on the defensive end sometimes he hasn't done as much this year but i know he's always really frustrated me because he's the master of um closing out and then leaving his hands at his sides and letting somebody get an uncontested shot over his head and i i get that justification but for a team that needs buckets so much, seeing Frank do this late in the season, and you just talked about it, his inconsistency as a player, and I don't know if he could do this for a season-long stint, but seeing him perform the way he's performed, I can't help but wonder you know, if he could have contributed to wins earlier on if he had more playing time, you know? Yeah, maybe. Um, 
certainly now, like with the benefit of hindsight and seeing how Frank's playing now, it's easy to say, well, yeah, exactly. he obviously should have been playing all season. But like we said, like I said earlier this year, um, there were definitely times where he did not look like this kind of player. Also, maybe uh, JB just knows that he had to wait for March because this is Frank Kaminsky's time. And I'm, I'm pulling it up right now, but I'm pretty sure every year he kind of is up and down all season. And then like March and April, he's just like a superstar. Are you saying it has something to do with his college career and uh, <laughs> March Madness and that kind of stuff? He kind of <laughs> wakes up for the year. Something like that. Like, OK, so October averages eight points a game. November, eight, this is for his career, eight points per game. Uh, December, nine. January 9, February 12, March 11, April 11. So there's an uptick in scoring. Yeah. His three his three point shooting goes from the low 30s to the high 30s, low 40s. Um yeah, so I think it's just JB's like we're going to leave this guy in the chamber till his time, which is March and April. Cuz that's Frank Kaminsky's time. That's interesting that his his points go up like that. So yeah. the, so the Wizards game, we win the Wizards game and we they play really well in the Wizards game, but they never have a comfortable lead. You know, even when we're playing mm-hmm. well, this this team, you know, a, f- a few balls go a different way and we lose this game. But hey, man, every win counts. We got that W. Um, like I said, Kemba seemed a little frustrated with his play. Late in that game, He we had 21 seconds on the clock and he just ran up to the three-point line we had like a four-point lead with three minutes to go and he just pulls up for the shot that just has no chance going in and you can see him frustrated with himself as he goes to the bench because like, uh the bucks took a timeout but you know the wizards are the are i'm sorry the wizards yeah the wizards took a timeout yeah, okay. um yeah but marvin One carried us and we got that w you know yeah, you know, and it can't. I guess beggars can't be choosers with Hornets wins right now. You know but, it. Um, you know it. <laughs> but when the Wizards are not good, and then when their only good player, or their best player, Bradley Beal, goes four for twenty-one, and we still beat them by one at home. <laughs> yeah, not not, not great. Not not exactly an uh, you know, optimism inspiring win. Right, but I was so happy personally because we were going to get on this podcast and have a win and talk about it. Like, yes! Yeah. There's, there's, and then for a while, against the Bucks, it looked like they might, uh, the Hornets might pull off another one. Oh, the first first half, you know, we were beating that team. Um, first half, the all the way through the it. first half of the third quarter, too. Like, all the way until, I think Eric Collins said, it's like 643 in the third quarter was when the Bucks retook the lead. Um, and, and then we he looked... started getting that slow creep. You you ever watch a Hornets game and they've got a comfortable lead, and then there's just a slow creep of like mm. we're not taking a bunch of time off the shot clock. Um, we're taking those weird mid range things where you see you know uh, Nick Batum come off a screen and he's right at the key, and he does that. He has that really weird like hand shot that he has, so he brings <laughs> the ball up over his head and just kind of like scoops it into the basket. Yeah. Um, and and then on the defensive side, we just bleed and bleed and bleed, and you see that slow creep of the lead. I saw that in the last half yeah. of the third quarter. Yeah, where it's like there's no explosive run, where it's just like, oh, the Bucks have scored 14 straight points. 
now the Hornets are losing. It's like the Hornets are up by 13, and then you kind of you just watch it. It's like, oh wait, we're only up seven now, and then yeah, yeah, and then later, six, oh, and oh, then now, three, <laughs> yeah, and they don't know we're losing. What happened? Um, yeah, and that's and the it's basically just because for this game at least played a relatively average offensive game, and they just the Bucks just didn't miss any shots. The only no, time they, where they, it felt like the Hornets were being just like murdered on the defensive end was when Booker Lopez did his his throwback his throwback stint. Yes, and twenty five points for Brook, and again we make a guy who's a mm-hmm. who's a who's a good basketball player, and Lord knows he'd be starting on the Hornets. But looked like you know he's an all star. He was plus fifteen for the night. Um, and he is a like let Giannis do what he's gonna do. He's the MVP of the league. He is the most amazing player I've seen play since LeBron James. He's gonna do what he's gonna do. But you can't allow your Brook Lopez's, your uh, uh, Nikola Mirotic's score twenty plus scored in the teens um, if you're gonna try to win a game against the second best team in the league. You know. Yeah, and of course it's on the broadcast they talked about like uh Mirotic isn't hasn't been shooting walls, Buck. Um Well he got it. Of, <laughs> he got it he got it last night. Yeah. <laughs> Five for seven from three. Scored eighteen points on ten shots. So yeah. But in the in the four games prior to that, he was five for twenty three from three and uh nine for thirty four from the field. Just leave it and, to and, a the Hornets to, to cure your shooting woes for sure. And let me ask you this. And I don't know the stats behind it, but I, I just see it. Do you see a lot of open threes for the opposing teams when they play the Hornets? Like it doesn't seem like our defense stretches enough to cover the three point shooter. And it shows a lot on a team like the bucks because they shoot so many threes. I think at times, yeah. Last night, I do think there were a lot of open shooters. Sometimes it feels like, I mean, there have been games where, like, the Clippers game, when the Clippers shot, like, 14 for 21 or whatever it was, that Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, the Clippers are just hot. But, yeah, last night and a lot of times this season, yeah, it does seem like we're we're a a step slow going out to the perimeter. And I don't know, because that was an issue we had under Steve Clifford, and I don't know if it's habits, because all these players played – I think for the most part, multiple years under Steve Clifford, if it's just ingrained in them, or if it's just a roster-wide fault where everybody overhelps. But yeah, we do have issues. Or if it's just because the perimeter players keep getting beat off the dribble and we have to collapse to give, stop giving up layups. But yeah, yeah it, I do too. think it's a problem. Sure. Well, and it's the modern NBA. Three is worth more than two. You defend the three mm-hmm. and make them d- dive into the basket. And that was just one of multiple problems that led to that collapse in the uh, last half of the third and the fourth quarter against the Bucks. And look, the Bucks have more talent than us. They're they're number one in the East. But going into the third quarter last night, I really thought that we had a chance to to beat this team and to rise to the occasion. I, you and I were texting before the game, and I was like. Kim was going to have one of a Kimba game because he was so frustrated. And look, Kimba did what Kimba does, uh, 25 points. Um, but he didn't contribute. He was 
a negative on defense and you can't depend on him to be a stopper on defense, but I just really, I wanted, I wanted to will them to a win. Um, one of the, one of the things that I saw on the comments um, of our, of our first podcast was this kind of um, frustration with the team and its growth. And they don't see how we're going to evolve into the future. And, I think, you know, there are multiple actual things you can point to. But I think mm. one of the things that we can improve as fans, and this might go for the Hornets and the Panthers in in local teams, is just having some irrational faith, man. Yeah. Like, the Cubs fans went a hundred years um, and more before, uh, without a championship, and they were sold out every game. You know, you see people in – Charlotte in Alabama with with Cubs hats on like they certainly have to get better as an organization but we are the 11th player uh in the Spectrum Center and just do me a favor go with me have a little irrational faith and uh enjoy the fact that we do have an all-star player on our team um you know who can do spectacular things every once in a while all I'm saying is man have a little faith you know what I mean? We're it's just it's just sports. Have fun. It's supposed to be entertainment. Um, with and then like you said, you called out like you texted me about wanting to make sure we recorded after the Bucks game, and I remember thinking at like maybe early second quarter, I was like, man, Zach, Zach called this because um Kimba had a really good first quarter, and the Hornets were winning. And I was like, man, the Hornets are gonna beat the Bucks, and he's gonna. And Kim is going to have a big game, just like he predicted. So I would have seemed one. so smart, Jonathan. I would have seemed have. so everything was all good just a week ago. Oh, and then we man. gave up 107 points in the last three quarters. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> not what you're looking all, for. <laughs> it's a lot of points. Um, what Watching Brooke Lopez, most of it was on Frank, but just, just maul Frank Kaminsky in the post was – so demoralizing because just watching it's like come on you just stop him like he's just like, you can't be that hard he just backs he's just backing him down and just flipping it up over his head making it and it's just like if he can do this why don't they just do this every play and he'll score 50 points a game like wilt chamberlain and the bucks will be unstoppable well and there's a whole other story about brooke lopez who has evolved his game i mean he was on the tail end of that lakers team almost getting cut and has developed this really strong three-pointer um, and has just developed as a player in the past two years. Um, I'd love to see players in the Hornets be that committed to evolving their game. Um, you know, God forbid Cody Zeller take any type of shot that's not three feet from the basket. Instead, he's going to direct traffic with the basketball. Um when I, again he did the same thing on the corner of the key uh, in the Bucks game, Cody's got got the ball and he's dribbling the ball and look, Lord help him, he, he's just like a newborn calf trying to uh, dribble this basketball. Grabs it in his hands and I'm like, Cody, you're not that far from the basket. Take <laughs> a shot, man. 
let's try to win this game. And he just, yeah. he's just looking for somebody to shovel this ball to. <laughs> he did make he did make a three against the Bucks. So good job for that, Cody. One Very, one. He was a hundred percent from the three point line. But yeah, one and one. <laughs> I don't know why he doesn't shoot because like the Hornets on Instagram and Snapchat and stuff will show him practicing, and he's always shooting threes in practice. And obviously, it's they're not going to show him all the times he's clanking them when he's warming up. But it's just like he, he clearly can shoot them. I don't know why he doesn't want to. Um, we have a Brook Lopez like improvement coming from him. Um, I heard I think it was when they were playing the Pacers on Thursday. Yeah, because that was a national TV game. Um, the broadcast said that he's among the league leaders in deep three pointers this year. Brook Lopez, not just three pointers like. You know, like 27, 28 foot three pointers. Which That's, is. Yeah. From somebody that who wasn't shooting out. say about player development as well as basketball <laughs> in 2019 that yeah. you have someone like Brooke Lopez shooting deep threes. And I think Brooke Lopez gets the credit for that because that started with when he was on the Nets. Like just the last year he was with the Nets, he suddenly jumped up to five threes a game and he's only gotten better from there. So, and with three different teams. So good job, Brooke. We see you working. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So we're one and two. We're we're two games out of the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I want to make sure to shout out our the comments on our podcast because they were talking about this as well. And commenters love to say, "Burn it down, yeah. fire everybody." You know, that's just how comments go what do you think you know you and i we made it clear last podcast that we're 100 percent in on this playoff run let me flip the script on you do you think that we should that we could tank get some type of inside top 10 pick and do you think that that would be better for the organization in the long run i think it would be it's i think it's like a 50 50 thing like i think making the playoffs or getting a high pick. I think both of them have their their merits in how they'll help the franchise moving forward. And making the playoffs legitimizes the team. It makes Kimball, uh, makes Kimball more likely to stay in my mind. Um, I think it makes us more attractive for other players to come here. Um, if we miss the playoffs, and the way the, the East is compared to the, the fringe of the, play, the West in the playoffs – Either we make the playoffs or we're going to be like the 10th or 11th pick, even if we just barely miss the playoffs. So, like, right. they, we kind of are in a good situation in that spot. And if we do fall off, which I said this, I reserve the right to completely change my course on this whole, like, we're going to make the playoffs thing after this road <laughs> trip. Because the schedule's really hard. And um, we have a lot more road games and home games coming up. And it's totally within reason to expect the Hornets to just completely bomb, especially late March. Like, the end of March, we go home for Boston, at Toronto, home for San Antonio, at the Lakers, at the Warriors, at the Jazz, at the Pelicans, home for Toronto, and then at the Pistons. Like, we could just lose all of those games. That's certainly, yeah, it's we'll be certainly sitting at, possible. The, the and other then we'll be sitting at, like, the possible. seventh pick. Yeah. Yeah, so... I think either either one has their benefits, and then since we're out of the playoff picture right now, I've definitely gone on to Tankathon and hit the sim lottery button a few times to see the Hornets with Zion Williamson next to our name. Uh, okay, 
All right. Let's just slow it down. As Let's just <laughs> calm it down over there, Jonathan. It's too early in the morning. Yeah. But it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think both, like I said, both both routes, I think, are beneficial. And I really think it'd be very hard for us to not end up in one of those positions because either we get hot and we're a playoff team. And if we're if we make the playoffs, we'll have to be playing well enough for I think we'll win a game or two, uh, which is an accomplishment from a fan perspective. I'm sure the players want to do more. But if the season goes awry, you know, we'll do potential good piece. I think that if we don't strive to make the playoffs this year, I hate to say this, but I do think that Kemba's gone. I don't, you know, I, if we are in 10th place or 11th place um, at the end of the year, I just don't understand why he would say to himself, you know, we have another year. I know that there are some contracts coming off the books uh, next year, but it's especially for the starters, it's going to be mostly the same players. Um, if we can't find that fight within us to to at least make the eighth seed, especially someone like Kimba Walker, who is ultra competitive and really prides himself in winning games. I just don't know if he's coming back if we don't make the playoffs. Yeah, unless unless we don't make the playoffs and we make an early move, like we make a draft day trade or we make a, you know, come to terms on a trade right around there and be like, look, we've offloaded some assets to get you a, a complimentary piece. Come back because we're trying to get better and it's going to get better from here because – at the very least, like after our next summer, like MKG's gone, Biz is gone, Marvin's gone, like all these contracts are coming off the books, and we'll have we'll actually have actual cap space depending on what we do this summer. Okay, so let's talk about this this hard road that we have ahead. Um, next week, we've got three games all away. Maybe mm-hmm. getting away from the Spectrum Center, the pressure that we put on the team when they're at home. No, I'm just joking. I was good. I, I, <laughs> you're being optimistic by saying getting away from the Spectrum Center might be good for the Hornets. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm just doing my best over here. <laughs> um, we've got Houston, Washington, Miami all next week, um, which is interesting because it kind of looks like a mirror image from week four playing Washington, Miami again. Um, give me your prediction, Jonathan. What's our what's our I record think, for next week? I think the goal has to be two and one. I mean, you know, obviously the goal is to win all of them, but I think the realistic goal would be to win two and one. Um, with the expected loss being Houston, and then try to steal wins in Miami and Washington, and then getting a win in Houston's a bonus. Um, if they do that, because they're only they're a game and a half behind Miami and a half game behind Orlando. If they go two and one, they could easily crawl back into that eight spot. Yeah. Yeah, and that's um, why the, the Miami game coming up. Yeah, that's why the Miami game just like last week is so crucial because we're in that race with Miami. Um yeah, the Houston game that, look if they sit, you know, everybody, um, maybe they'll just decide to everybody just have a collective flu and just not play <laughs> the game. Um but the Washington game you should win in Washington against this Wizards team. Um, mm. They're falling apart. You know, Beal didn't play that well when we won against them um, on Wednesday. This should be a winnable game. Yeah. Um, Heat should be a winnable game too, but we just lose games against the Heat left and right all the time. I will say, 
two and one is obviously the goal, but the Heat have to be one of those two. Like we, if beating the Rockets is cool, but if we beat the Rockets and Wizards and then lose to the Heat, like that hurts because we need to catch the Heat. And if we lose to the Heat, we lose the series to the Heat, and means we now have to leapfrog them. We can't finish tied with them in the standings. Cool. They so kinda... we're both going two and one, and at the end of next week, we're going to be in that eight seat. <laughs> in the yeah, because let me let me see who the heater playing. Um, they play the Raptors. I guess I don't know. By the time you've heard this, they've already played the Raptors, so that doesn't really help you. But they play the the Pistons and the Bucks before they play the Hornets. And then they go at Oklahoma City, at San Antonio, at Milwaukee, at Washington. So there's a decent chance that they fall back a little bit coming off this this stretch where they won four or five before the Toronto game. Yeah, the Magic keep winning games too, though. And the uh, Clifford is doing the thing that Clifford always does where people walk into a, a game with uh, Magic against Clifford and they don't expect to have that much competition or maybe they don't get up for it. Mm-hmm. And Clifford loves winning those games. Yeah. So, uh, and their schedule is quite a bit easier than, than ours, so... Um, they'll be tough to leapfrog, but we'll see. Um, so you said you said you feel like they're gonna go two and one. The Hornets are going two and one. We'll is that a prediction or is that like a a goal? No, I believe we're gonna go two and one, and I'll I'll tell you why. So the the Washington game I just said we should yeah. win against these wizard this Wizards game. The Miami game, even last week, and I know it was at home, we should have won that game. We had yeah. chances to win that game, and they've changed up the the rotation a little bit since that Miami game. Um, uh, you saw a little bit of Graham in the in the Bucks game. Um, I think that's going to help. Relying on uh, all due respect, old man Tony Parker um, as the only uh, alternative guard coming off the bench is really hard on him. Um, even though I. I love Tony Parker. Um, having Graham having a little bit of that youth might help a little bit. Um, and Whiteside and Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk cannot look like Kevin McHale again. You know, it can't. It can't happen twice. Um, and Whiteside is notorious for having a great game and then having a worse game. Um, yeah, I'm going. I'm going two and one. I'm putting it out there, Jonathan. Tell me about it. Got it. <laughs> I. <laughs> It's it's so weird watching Hassan Whiteside and um from Gastonia the, by the way yeah he is from Gastonia I remember when he got when he started doing his thing for the Heat people were very mad at us it's like man he was practicing at a YMCA in Charlotte how did we not sign this guy it's like he I don't think Rich Cho is, <laughs> I don't think Rich Cho is at the YMCA scouting Hassan Whiteside I don't think the the gym the location of the YMCA gym that he was working out in is relevant to who signed him. But no, and Rich anyway. Show was too busy at Five Church or Fahrenheit, you know, <laughs> with the tasting menu. Um, that's another whole other thing. Um, but, yeah, um, and Whiteside but, hasn't been great for them. Um, no, and that's what I was going to say. It's so <laughs> weird watching him terrorize us, and then he barely gets – like, he struggles to get minutes at times because he's unplayable with his – you know, he's not good at guarding the perimeter, and he overhelps, and he chases blocks and all that stuff. And then it's like – he plays against us and say, this guy's an all-star. Why Why can't they find minutes for him? 
that's uh, we were just talking about how we turn role players into all stars. Yeah. It happens. So, did you see? I'm sure that you did. Um, the, a game coming up on the 23rd against Boston. Um, mm-hmm. They're having another classic night. Mm-hmm. Um, 30th anniversary of the Hornets. Did you see this NBA Jam T-shirt? I saw it on TV. I haven't seen like an up close picture of it. Yeah, yeah. It 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 is all these. This shirt is what dreams are made of. Now, here's <laughs> the problem. I'm going to go to this game and I'm going to get an extra large or an extra extra large T-shirt from you know the the seat or whatever and i can't wear it can't i'm a grown man i can't wear a shirt like that but it looks really cool um you can wear a shirt like that say it again i said you can wear a shirt like that because you're a grown man and you can do what you want that's true that's true um but it looks really cool i love that they did the kind of uh the screenshot of the old video game for the shirt yeah that's it's a good idea they they've They've killed it with the classic nights, and then Coolio's performing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Real quick, I, this is something that I forgot to talk about while we were recapping last week. Dwayne Bacon is playing again, and he's not—he's not playing like Dwayne Bacon, and it's been a pleasant surprise. Okay, talk you know to what me I mean. about that. So, as a rookie, and then in the times when he got minutes earlier this year, Dwayne Bacon has been, for me tremendously frustrating to watch a good finisher on the basket and he's pretty good at getting to the basket but and I, I think I made this comment at one point last year uh, his shot selection makes Malik Monk look like Steve Nash <laughs> like, he shoots tons of pull-up jump shots from like the top of the key like 21 feet from the basket he gets tunnel vision he's not a great passer but he just kind of not in control. And then I didn't really have much hope for him this season because he's been out in the G League being like the least effective player on the swarm in the G League, <laughs> shooting like sub 40% from the field with high, in, on extremely high usage. And it's like, I don't know if this guy's got it, but he's played the last couple games and he's just been like kind of Miles Bridges esque where he's just kind of tries to fit and he hasn't been forcing up shots and he's just taking what's, what's there and he's playing his role and i've been pleasantly surprised by that yeah sure he's miles bridges-esque right if you squint mm. your eyes you turn to the left a little bit you know he's he's not miles bridges by no. imagination but i i see what you're saying you know he had a hard game against the bucks um and we need his energy in there um and his uh his height i just I don't know what the future lies for um, Dwayne Bacon. I'd I'd love to see him evolve, but just like Malik Monk, like they, the it doesn't seem like the decision making is there yet um, Mm -hmm. when he gets the ball. um, But he has burst and he has uh, a real passion for for playing on the offensive end. I just don't know if that's going to translate into you know meaningful minutes for a professional basketball team. Yeah, and that was my my thought too. And I'm still I'm obviously not two games, but for these two games in a vacuum, like I he's been much more in control and his decision making's been mostly good. And this kind of says what I would kind of puts in perspective what my thoughts of him were before, but him just not making woefully bad decisions repeatedly has made me be like, "Oh, okay. Dwayne's figuring it out a little bit." 
he's just making average decisions now. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is good. Clap your hands for that one, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I hear you. So I did want to point out, since we're in the news and notes section, um, I forgot to mention this uh, about the Wizards game, and I know you didn't get, get to check mm-hmm. it out. So Marvin Williams, 30 points, amazing game. The best thing that this dude did was do an over-the-back rebound. The um, dunk. No, no, the dunk was oh, no, amazing. The dunk, the dunk wow. was amazing. At the right at the end of the game, um, Bobby Portis was coming up for a rebound that could have scored two points, um, and he w- just went over the back, and the call wasn't, um, the foul wasn't called. And then the two-minute report, uh, the day afterwards, of course, they pointed it <laughs> out. Um, but way to if it, it's not a foul unless they call it, you know? What yeah. I mean? Get so that I, rebound, bro. Get that rebound. I do need to. I do need to watch the fourth quarter. So I I missed the game. Um, running because I had to do stuff, but yeah. I came back and I watched the recording of it. But I only got to the first three quarters before I fell asleep, so I do need to rewatch the fourth quarter today. Um, and I'll I'll see that the Marvin Williams um put back dunk. Or I, put, I saw the dunk. I need to see that rebound. One other thing we didn't touch on: uh, Cody Zeller with the the play of the year against the Bucks. Oh man, the foul shot basket. <laughs> that was. That's the best thing he's done all year for your right. <laughs> this is the best thing that anybody on the Hornets has done all year. I think that takes the cake over Kimball Walker scoring 60 points. It's now Cody Zeller steal and score, and then Kimball Walker scores 60. And then Miles Bridges dunk up the Hawks against the Hawks. So step me through. He's taken the, the foul shot. Was it was it one-on-one, or was it, was it no, two so, foul shots? So what happened was he got fouled, and then he made the first free throw, and then the Bucks called timeout after he made the first free throw, uh, um, which is a thing that I've seen a lot of this year. I don't know if it's just coaches being like, I want a timeout, but I'm going to do it in the middle of this to try to throw off their rhythm or whatever. Yeah. But they came out of the timeout, and I guess the ref absentmindedly just said two shots just out of habit. And yeah. so he missed the free throw, and he, if Cody Zell was the only one that remembered that he actually – he had already taken the shot. And so he just walked up and took the ball from Giannis and laid it. And I love how – quick on his feet he was to just nonchalantly walk over to Giannis like looking like he was asking for the ball like hey man can I see that real quick and then just snatched it and laid it in yeah Giannis didn't give it to him he snatched it out of his hands but the the, the poise to like because if that's me up there like full energy like a maniac and take the ball and lay it in but Cody's just just walked up like a guy who's like hey can I see that real quick so I can you know rub the ball before I take my second shot (laughs) <laughs> and then and it just scored and the refs are like and the ref is just like oh whoops i missed that up but uh i guess we have to give him the basket because i don't know what else he would call you know hey man when other players don't recognize that there's a game going on cody zeller's an all-star is all i'm saying i've never seen that before like the only comparable thing i've seen is when because I, I officiate youth basketball for the y mm-hmm. and it's, it's when it's like a u12 game and they get into the bonus, and there's, like, one kid on the court who understands how one-on-one works. And so, like, a kid will miss the first free throw, and everybody will just stand there except for one kid who will grab the offensive rebound and score. And everybody's like, wait, well, what? You said, but, but it was a foul. He's got two, he gets two shots. <laughs> no, only if he makes it. That's And it's never been anything close to the NBA, like, you know, at an NBA level. Where, at an NBA level. <laughs> where one player knows it's a live ball. All right, uh, so you um, do do we have time to get into the article? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, real quick, 
Okay, well, we're talking about the Bucks because one of the questions I had was about the Bucks. I want to do this trivia question real fast. Okay, There's cool. been one team that swept the Bucks this year. Do you know who it is? Okay, that swept the Bucks this year. Um, I'm I'm gonna ask for for some hints. Is it is it the uh, is it the it's a Western, Western Conference Co- team? Yeah, Western Conference swept the Bucks. Um, I'm gonna say a surprising team. I'm gonna say the Suns. It is the Suns. Wow, I took that out of nowhere. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. The, the Suns have beaten the Bucks twice. They're the only team that has swept the Suns. Or swept or the Bucks. Swept the book Bucks. That's crazy. <laughs> the Suns have won like 13 games, and they beat the best team in the league twice. <laughs> you know, and and uh, when we were when Kemba was kind of coming into his own a few years ago. Um, we did stuff like that where we would surprise teams. Um, we mm-hmm. don't surprise teams anymore because we've been good. We've made the playoffs. Um, and I think that the Suns have a bright future, all puns intended. Um, <laughs> but, I, th- you know, they're not a good basketball team right now. And when you want to, you can surprise teams like that. I wonder if any uh, legitimate starters were, like, out for those games. Uh, I just wanted that to myself. Um, Giannis played the first game, and but the first one they won was in Milwaukee. They lost. They won one game out of fourteen. They were in a stretch where they went one and thirteen, and that <laughs> one win was against the Bucks. <laughs> Just they have their number. Yeah, Giannis played both games. Oh so, wow! Don't let Phoenix get hot and make the playoffs. They'll be. They'll take the Bucks down. That's that's crazy. I guess Phoenix is always hot. Um. Anyway, the article. <laughs> gotcha, De- Dell. Um, so R. Scott Wells at the Hive user approached me via email about this, and he asked me to write this thing about Del Curry, about this petition for to get Del Curry's name in the rafters, and it was pretty easy for me to write it because I think Del Curry's name belongs in the rafters, and I'm one of those people who thinks we shouldn't give out, you know, jersey retirements. Like, retired jerseys right. all willy-nilly, like people suggest. Like, I don't think Gerald Wallace deserves to have a jersey in the Raptors. Muggsy Bogues doesn't need a jersey in the Raptors. But it's the 30th year of the franchise. The only one we have up there is Bobby Fills, and that's more of a memorial thing. No, Not to discredit yeah. Bobby Fills as a player, but, you know, if barring a tragedy that cuts his career and his life short, he's not a player you use jersey to retire, just purely from a basketball standpoint. So yeah, we don't have, have the numbers. We don't have any player yet whose number has been retired and Del Curry, when he retired, led the team and like field goals made three pointers, made points, ga- uh, not games, but, um, or maybe it was games. Yeah. And games. Yeah. Played no, he's, got, he's got games. It was still games. Got it wasn't minutes. Field goals. Yeah. So I think, and then it's late, it's getting late in the season now. So I don't think it, it won't happen this year, but it would have been very fitting on like the 30th anniversary that we retired number 30, um, for Del Curry. Cause after his playing career, you know, he's been a color commentator for a while. I think last year they added the title of, like, team ambassador to his name. So he's always been a part of the organization. And I don't really know if there's another player who is, like, you know, as synonymous with this franchise as Dell is. I think Kimba will, is there, but he's obviously playing now. But Del Curry is, like, when you think Hornets as a franchise, Del Curry is the name you think of. And he had the longevity and stuff. So I do think it would be very appropriate to have him have his jersey retired. All right. So when you wrote this article, my initial reaction was, 
he was a great player. I really love Del Curry and his personality. Um, his family is very active um, with nonprofits. And um, he, like you said, he's entrenched in our community. However, I can't condone us hanging a jersey from someone. <laughs> I, I just can't do it. So then I started doing my research. If it wasn't for Kemba Walker, Dale Curry would own the majority of the offensive uh, career-leading stats yeah. for, for the Hornets. Um, so I'm I'm all for it, man. Put uh, You're right about the 30 for 30 um, uh, syn- synchronicity there. I love that. And uh, Dale Curry is an amazing guy. And he, he was stretching the floor back when no one stretched the floor. Um, you know, he had a, an amazing three-point um shot and maybe just maybe and this is just zachary brown dreaming in his chair um we retire his dad's jersey maybe we get like a like a 38 year old steph curry to come back and uh (laughs) put don the uh pinstripes you know what i mean (laughs) yeah every every time he comes up for contract that's what everybody (laughs) of course of course yeah he's gonna play for for the panthers too he's gonna be a kicker yeah Dell uh, shot over forty percent the last seven years he was here from three. That's, Remarkably consistent. Forty percent, forty percent, forty percent, forty-three, forty, forty-three. Do you so. know what did he at like how many threes did he average? You see that? Uh yeah, I have a basketball reference pulled up. Um at his peak he was shooting five threes a game, which in the nineties is quite a bit. Yeah, no, you're reigning threes. If you're shooting five threes a game in the 90s, you know? If you ever watch highlights of 90s games, which I don't know how often people do, but it's so funny how they play. They don't even acknowledge that the three-point line is there. Like, even if you watch, like, Del Curry highlights, he'll come off a curl screen, and he will catch that ball with both feet squarely on top of the three-point line (laughs) and fire away. (laughs) It's like, come on, Del. Even, I know it's the 90s, and you, ha- you guys haven't done analytics and stuff, but you got to know if you're going to shoot from that far away, you might as well try it from three. Yeah, you just just scoot it back just a little <laughs> bit, you know. That's um, that, like no, they six or seven inches. It. No, it is so funny. Like there's, and it's everybody like catching the ball wide open from three, and they take a you got to take a rhythm dribble, pull up from 21 feet instead, when you could have taken an uncontested three, very Michael Kidd Gilchrist esque. But that's just like every player in the nineties. Michael Kidd Gilchrist could have been a, a all NBA player in the nineties. <laughs> yes. yes, just roam the lid there, man. Just throw some bows. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about Charles Oakley. <laughs> yeah, but we're about out of time. I just wanted to. Here's it's not really a trivia question because you can't really. Um, You'll never guess this, but I do you know what Don't Paul George's what middle I name do, is? Jonathan, I just guessed the Suns. You know, do you know what do you know what Paul J- George's middle name is? Uh, 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 uh Dwayne Clifton Antho. Clifton Antho. Clifton Antho. All right, so Clifton... I think they combined like Clifton and Anthony, but they took off that E and Anthony, so it's Clifton Antho. Wow, what a, what a trivia parents... question. His parents' names are Paul and Paulette. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, so <laughs> Paul, and Paul, and then, Paul George's yeah. father, <laughs> you know, living his life, met a very young, nice lady uh, named Paulette, and was like, mm-hmm. "This is the woman. This is it." <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, 
That's crazy. Man, that's yeah. I know that's totally random and irrelevant to anything we've ever talked about. No, but I was amazing. I but I can't remember. I just I came across his Wikipedia article, and his middle name's Cliff Dan- like Clifton Anthony. I'm like that's not real. And I clicked the source, and it pulled up his like Fresno State bio, like from when he played at Fresno State. And then I saw that his page like born to Paul and Paulette George. Like what? <laughs> this guy's got some names all around him. Hey, before we go, we got to bring you back to Charlotte basketball. Do you? Yeah. I know you you play basketball. Do you have a game today? Yeah, I do. It's a semifinals. Semifinals. Okay, perfect. So, to give the give the listeners a little bit of insight into your game. What uh, what position do you play? What what do you like to do? Um, I'm I uh, am not in very good shape because I've been dealing with lower extremity injuries for the better part of the last year. Uh. I'm basically uh, I go three point to three point line to three point line, and I'll just when I'm when I'm on I'll rain some threes. When I'm off I'll uh, let my teammates play. Three and D. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. When I, when I'm in full health, I'm a lot. I'm pretty like crafty. I'm a decent ball handler, and I'll, I'm pretty. I can be kind of crafty around the basket, but right now I'm kind of scared to go around people's feet, so I just kind of shoot jumpers. Hey man, get get that uh, lower extremity uh, healthy. You got to put faith in it. You know what I mean. You got to lean into it because if yeah. you don't lean into it, you might hurt another thing. That's what I hear from uh, people who are smarter than me. <laughs> it's it, well, it's tough because I have a knee that has uh, I've had pop out of place three times. Yikes! Um, and I had to I had an operate a procedure last year to take out this piece of cartilage that was kept getting in the joint and like locking it up. That I had to keep moving it like physically putting my hand like down at my knee and like moving this little like marble sized piece of cartilage out of the way. So I could bend my knee normally. Gross. Yeah. And then I have <laughs> like, and then on my right, so that's my left knee. And then my right Achilles has been on and off like tendonitis for the last you know, several months. So it's kind of tough to balance that with a left knee soreness and right heel soreness. Even the Mona Lisa's falling apart, John. <laughs> But hey, man! Good luck on your uh, semifinal game. Um, good luck to the Horns this week. Don't make me look like a fool. Two and one. Let's do it. Hey, I said two and one too. So don't make the whole show look like a fool. There we go. Uh, thank you so much for listening to At the Hive podcast. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on all your podcast listening accoutrement. Um, yeah, that's a good. That's a good word. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I know words. <laughs> Thank no you words so that much aren't even work. English. <laughs> see, see, talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace.